Welcome to the It Just Works podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And today we are wrapping up the Pokemon 25th anniversary with Brandon and Brian, where we'll be talking about Generation 8, uh, a generation that a lot of people love and a lot of people hate. It's going to be fun. I'm pretty excited to talk about it with these guys. And yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into it. Uh, Brian from another vinyl page, bro. How how you been, man? It's been a I'm great. Like I'm forever. glad to be back and finishing up everything we've done. Talk about Generation 8. So it's kind of bittersweet to uh, not only finish on this generation, but to not have any more to talk about. Right. Uh, what have you been playing lately? You know, it's been oh, a while. Man. I've actually picked up all the old Metroid Prime games and I found my Wii in a box when I was moving. So I essentially just been playing those. And then I've been looking for other GameCube games that I just haven't played. So I'm playing Wind Waker because I think that's one of the only Zeldas I never played. That's another one that I'm getting into mm. pretty much just GameCube games. Cause I missed a lot of that era. So it's been exciting. No, oh, the GameCube is one of the best eras in gaming. That was so underrated. Brandon, how the hell are you doing, man? Doing good, man. Um, enjoying this cold weather and uh, long work hours. I'm happy to yeah. be back on the cast though, dude. Uh, it's like you said, it's bittersweet. It's been a lot of fun talking with you guys about, probably the best parts of our lives which is pokemon and um it's wrapping it up dude i'm what are we gonna talk about next i don't know i know it's our last podcast of the year together so it's it's pretty awesome to be doing this but uh what have you been playing man honestly not a whole lot i've been played halo (laughs) i've been playing halo infinite (laughs) multiplayer like crazy um yeah you know when that surprise dropped um you know mid last month uh, beat the campaign about two days on Sunday. Beat the campaign on Sunday. Enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And then I went back to another game I've actually been trying to uh, complete before the year's end, which is Resident Evil 8, which I'm having a really good time with that. It's nice. uh, it's gotten me a couple times. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people like that game. It was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I've been playing myself uh, maybe too much Halo. Uh, literally going to be recording the last podcast of the year is another Halo podcast. So three uh, three Halo podcasts in a month. I was like, we need to make sure we do Generation 8. Yeah, we need something different to come out because I'm not trying to be only a Halo cast, even though I probably could. Um, yeah, no, I was just playing Lasso like an hour ago before we're recording this. And so it's legendary all skulls on for people who don't know. It's the hardest way to play the Halo games. And I got to tell you, the lack of checkpoints is starting to piss me off a little bit. Uh, I captured a FOB, killed a high value target, got a couple Spartan cores, died and all of that um, got depleted. So yeah, I had to go do all that again. And I was like, I'm going to take a break. Sounds Uh, like a temper break. Yeah, I have three missions left. I just thought about that though before I got on this. So I'm like, I'm so close to finishing Lasso. My only worry is that the progression for like the percentage of completing missions for the achievement, it's not going up. It's stuck at 23%. I think it's because I did a skip that I was, I think you were in the party last night when I said it, right? When I was telling you about the third or excavation site, excavation I, site it. Yeah. I think that's where I pissed off the game. And I don't know if I'm going to get my lasso achievement and I'm going to be really pissed if I don't, cause I only have three achievements left anyways. Oh, my that's God. enough. Halo talk. I just <laughs> wanted to ask you guys what you've been playing recently. Cause it really has been a while. Uh, but yeah, Halo's ruining my life. I already almost have 110 hours on it. It's, it's wow. ridiculous. How much, how much do you have left on the battle pass? <laughs> oh <laughs> but yeah 
now I'm really, I'm really okay with that having that done already. I mean, 75 hours of multiplayer. I mean, yeah, it's justified. Uh, also, uh, let's see what else I've been. I was playing uh, Diamond and Pearl a little bit. Uh, I think I played it too much when it came out because now I'm kind of like, what do I do now? So oh, yeah. we'll see how that goes. But we are here to talk about Pokemon Generation 8. That is sword and shield and gun. And I wanted to talk to you guys about this. I'm pretty excited about it because I think we're going to also have very different opinions on this, just like the last generation, which is always fun to me because uh, Sun and Moon can go fuck itself. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask each of you, like, what, are, what were your thoughts like on this game's announcement? You know, the first trailer just showing like rolling hills, basic animations again, uh, London itself, and then the starters. And I think we got Wulu in the trailer. Um, and then we got um, the stupid dog, uh, the little one. Yamper. Was, Yamper. Yeah, Yamper. Um, I basically just put, I was excited but disappointed because of all the analysis videos that came out. We were talking about this in the pre-show. And then the uh, the E3 interview where uh, Masuda said that the Pokedex got cut because they didn't have enough time to work on those animations. Uh, it just, I don't know. It was tough because I was excited to get a mainline Pokemon game on the Switch, but at the same time, I was like, uh, the limitations of this console are also ruining new t- uh, releases. But uh, Brandon, what were your thoughts when this game was announced? And like, what? how did it make you feel seeing the trailer and whatnot? I mean, just like this last episode of the Pokemon Generations review, it was bittersweet. Like you said, it was, uh, you know, the first time we're getting a mainline game on the Switch. So I remained cautiously optimistic. Um, and then, of course, seeing like all those, <laughs> sorry, seeing all like the, like you said, the analysis videos and uh, things like that, the Pokedex being cut. Um, I was actually beginning to be on the bandwagon of like, let's vote with our wallets. Let's not pick it up. Let's not do this. Let's not do that. Boycott the game. And then I caved on uh, release night and uh, bought it digitally. So, um, I, yeah, I don't have many hills to die on, actually. So, <laughs> Uh, but uh, okay, yeah sorry, go you know it's, it's it's fine um just literally it's a pokemon game on the switch so i was like this is going to be really terrible because of course sun and moon wasn't that great um how is this going to be any better i just bought it anyway because it's a pokemon game i gotta <laughs> buy at least one version um but you know like it being set in london like i i really like you know as you could tell from our last episodes like based in new york or based in the hawaiian islands like i really like real life locations being essentially pokefied so that was really cool to see so i'm gonna start it off with that yeah brian before you go uh brandon i don't think you can do a podcast without mentioning caution- how you're cautiously optimistic i think every podcast <laughs> you need to find a way to like wheel that in uh, everyone calls it he- paranoia but I, it's just cautiously optimistic <laughs> and I can also attest to that you really were against buying this game. You really wanted to talk with your wallet. There is no doubt about that. I remember you saying that. And I couldn't believe you of all people was saying it. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But Brian, well, what were your first thoughts on this game? I remember when it first got announced, I was hyped for a few seconds because we have a new generation on the Switch. And then once you see the footage and everything, I was just cautiously optimistic. I was, um, <laughs> I just... I was disappointed because since I was a kid, I always imagined if Pokemon, the mainline series, hopped from handheld to console and seeing it finally do that and it to be so underwhelming, it it looked barely like an upgrade 
from Sun and Moon to me. And then plus all the drama with the Dex cut. I was on board with that too. I understand people's frustrations and we're going to get into that. But um, I was the same to an extent. I, I didn't want to support it, but I know damn well that I was going to buy it because it's a Pokemon game. I knew damn well I was going to buy it. And um, I make no sense because I didn't want to support it, but then I went off and bought the double pack because that's the kind of person I am. Yes, you did. Those yeah, steel books, those steel books always get me. Chill. Have, have you guys seen the steel books for Arceus? No, I, have not, I thought no. it was. Is it only oh. in another country? Yeah, it's in the UK only, and okay, I'm really okay. mad about it because it's probably one of the best steel books I think I've ever seen. So I'll be sure to send it to you guys after this. It's a Galarian uh, only exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are all in the same boat. I really didn't want to pick it up, but how can I stop supporting one of my favorite franchises at the same time? It's it's probably the most difficult thing. It's like, how am I not going to go see Rise of Skywalker after I've already seen all of the Star Wars movies before that? Like, it was just kind of a very tough decision, but I still went and saw the movie and was mad. But uh, yeah, you know, with these games. You know, the Pokedex being cut, some of the animations being lackluster, and then the graphics and even performance. Uh, there was a silver lining to it, and we'll definitely get into that as we continue to talk. But I wanted to kind of just move on to our favorite starters of this generation. Uh, I will go first. I hate all three of them at a glance, but I've actually really grown to love all three of them. Uh, Grookey is my boy, though. Um, you know, it's really cool about these starters that. Uh, other generations haven't had the opportunity to do you couldn't really showcase it with the sprites very well uh, sun and moon i don't think did it maybe they did but basically you see all three of them playing you know uh, sobbles in the water you know spitting out water and then score bunnies running around and then grookey's on the tree and it's just kind of adorable it gives you a brief introduction into these pokemon and it kind of helps you i think make your decision because grookey i was like my boy right there he's over here beating the shit out of a tree and then i picked him and uh honestly i think as far as the uh the last part of the lines go i think rillaboom easily takes the cake as the best looking one um all three of them have very great uh inspirations for their designs which is one of the things brandon has brought up in the past with like x and y you know the chestnut and all them and then obviously the sun and moon uh starters and their meanings behind them i think uh Game Freak did knock out of the park with the meanings, maybe not the designs. Uh, they still did a decent job. Uh, but Brian, what is your favorite starter of this generation? Uh, that's a hard one because I'm not fond of any of them, but I would say Score Bunny <laughs> just because <laughs> starting off negative already. Uh, I'm going to oh, say Score Bunny. I do like Score Bunny and it's a little cartoony, which is fine because it's, it's Pokemon. But I was really hoping that it would involve into like a big chunky big chungus looking rabbit but obviously that didn't happen so i was pretty disappointed <laughs> imagine if it was like a failed athlete <laughs> as the final evolution instead of like a soccer star <laughs> oh my god and no i want to say score bunny just because i like the i like the first stage design but the final three evolutions for all the starters i don't like i couldn't pick one i don't like any of them i think i boxed my starter pretty early in the game actually there's a very good replacement if that's your goal and we'll get yeah. into that replacement in a bit uh brandon what was your favorite starter of this generation i hated all of them <laughs> Dude, all you too? yeah i i was not excited about them like i the first forums I was like okay score bunny like it's cute sobble 
the pressed water lizard heavily relatable uh, <laughs> grookey adorable adorable little monkey dope right um and then he gets to the second form she's like okay you know the awkward middle stages you know um reboot was pretty cool and edgy teenager type of thing you know again heavily relatable um and then the final forms i'm just not really too crazy about but um i'm gonna go with the one that i actually picked which was grookey i, I like grookey i like thwacky its name is fucking hilarious Thwack. um and Thwacky. Rillaboom is just super cool so yeah yeah i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with grookey. yeah uh I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat as us. You know, when you're playing all eight generations, it's led up to this. And this is where they're at with their designs and their creativity. Um, once again, furthering my point that maybe we should just stop making new Pokemon. Maybe give forms to all pre-existing ones in certain, you know, uh, games. And then just make new regions, new uh, people to meet, new places to explore, battle. But we don't need any more Pokemon. I think they should even stop at a thousand, since that's obviously what we're going to lead to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just want to say, on. like, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. You want to say on that? that on that note? Like, I really like what they're doing with Legends Arceus, where it's reuse starters. It's more forms of Pokemon that already exist. Like, I think forms are okay because it's like a small branch off rather than a whole new introduction. Yeah. So I think I think RCS might be heading in the right direction in terms of that regard. So we'll see. There's a good chance, yeah, and I hope it uh, succeed succeeds. But we will have to wait and see. We're almost there, though. Almost there. Uh, so I want to move on to favorite Pokemon of this Pokedex. It's kind of tough. There's actually a few solid ones in my opinion. Uh, uh, it's really tough to choose, but I went with Flapple the grass dragon type that whole line is awesome yeah. um, applin i don't like because you can't see his eyes and that does bother me um but flapple even though it's like so weird in design i love it i love its uh unique move grab apple uh, i use it on my playthrough and it was a very good pokemon in the playthrough and uh a solid runner-up is corviknight who i would replace with my starter if i had to which is what i was getting at at the beginning of the starter conversation uh brian what is your favorite pokemon from the pokedex well i remember seeing all the leaks as the game was like super close to coming out and i remember seeing applin and i freaking adored that little apple and wanted on my team as soon as i saw it but i like apple tin that's the fat one right i like that one a lot more than flapple oh i'm sorry i said applin but yeah apple tin apple ton yeah apple tin is the little fat one where that looks like apple pie i I added that to my team so quick little apple turnover yeah it's amazing and is there already a grass dragon type or i don't think so but yeah there's i thought uh, it was an interesting typing so it my whole playthrough in the game i never took it off my team and i loved it so i think it's just mega septile yeah oh you're right you're right that's right uh, no, they're they're amazing Pokemon. Getting them is cool, and getting their evolution item. Uh, Applin's very cool himself. Uh, I I'm so glad that they exist. I love the uh, shiny form, by the way. That's like a green apple. Yeah, so That's good. So cool. I, I look at my shining fates cards pretty uh, pretty often. I still have. Nice. I actually have every printed <laughs> version of that family now. Um, Brandon, what is your favorite Pokemon from this generation or line of Pokemon? It's so tough, dude, because there are some really good outliers. There is. Uh, Do what your heart tells you. <laughs> uh, 
I really, you know what? Sent to Scorch. I was, oh, really, nice. I tried so hard to get that, that little piece of bacon on my playthrough, get my fire type. <laughs> I, I, I love me some, some fiery bug types like Bulcarona. That's my guy. So yeah. I saw Sands of Scorch and I was like, oh, hell yeah. That's, that's on there. Um, the next toss up would be Dragapult. So, oh, yeah, Dragapult. Damn, oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah, damn. I caught two legit shinies of him. Yeah, that's really insane. nice. Yes. Uh, so jelly. Senta Scorch is very, very badass. He's so basic in, in as an idea, but he's mm-hmm. such a badass Pokemon. I love him quite a bit. Um, another one for me was a form, which, oh, I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, wait, I'll wait. Um, Good choices, everyone. I think Brandon was very close to also choosing the Apple line. I almost felt like he was there. Apple Zone was right there because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I like food and my Pokemon's a food and it's apple pie, dude. Come on. Holidays. <laughs> dude. Yeah. He literally looks like a Dutch apple pie. And I'm like, hell yeah, yeah man. You can't dude. go wrong, brother. I had, to, yeah. I had to choose it. Yeah. That's weird. I want to eat him. Uh, oh. <laughs> favorite legendary dog. Uh, I went with Zacian. Um, I uh, I love both of these legendaries, actually. You know, if there's anything to take away from this generation is I do love the legendaries a lot. I think they did a really good job. And uh, hell, Zamazenta's right there, too. I, I really like that legendary. But uh, Brandon, what was your thoughts on these legendaries and which one do you prefer? I really like how we went to the, the you know, the two le- the opposing legends ideals for the, uh, for the box legendaries. Um, I got shield so naturally i picked zamazenta i like the fact that it's a shield in its main i thought that was really cool um but you know they're both pretty up there like zassian holding the sword in its mouth and you know being hella regal i think they're both really great designs um but zamazenta is my favorite nice yeah. yeah there's something about zassian holding the sword i got massive twilight princess vibes like mm-hmm. uh, yeah just stole my heart right there brian what was your thoughts on these dogs and uh which one did you prefer zossi and for sure i mean the dog's got a sword in his mouth what the dog doing um, <laughs> no. no but I, I will say i'm i will say i'm not big on the that dog regular right. forms. i'm not i'm not big on the regular forms but i do like oh yeah their, i oh. don't know the name for the forms what's yeah. the name of the form uh just you know I don't, there's not a name for it. I like not the ones that look on the box art, but the ones before they have the sword and shield, I'm not big on those ones. Zamazenta's regular form without the shield looks great, but yeah, Zacian without the sword. Mm-mm. Yeah, nope. yeah. That's actually kind of funny how that worked out. Now that I, <laughs> uh, I want to move on to Galarian forms. Now we got a few of them in this generation with um, Darmanitan, Rapidash, Weezing, uh, Zigzagoon's line and Farfetch. Far-fe- oh, Farfetch. Damn, that's a huge one for this guy. Mr. Yeah. Mime, um, Slowpoke. Yeah, Mr. Mime, Slowpoke. So we got Mr. Rhyme, uh, Slowpokes. Um, I think that's it, right? right. Uh, yeah, Mask, Stunfisk, and Corsola. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Corsola, the other two. One. Yeah, the other two don't even matter because they're so fucking stupid. But yeah, uh, Coffer <laughs> GS or whatever. It's a different evolution or something from Yeah Mask, Yeah Mask or something. Uh, yeah. Stunfisk still looks stupid. Yeah. Um, I wanted Stunfisk. to ask you guys which one your favorite one is, and I will go first. Uh, honestly, Galarian Darmanitan is my shit. I really, <laughs> really love the Abominable Snowman 
thing. The because you know, uh, crab hammer, crabal, or whatever that stupid thing's evolution is, kind of looks like it was supposed to be an abominable snowman, but Galarian, um, Darmanitan really took the cake, and even its um, Zen mode form or whatever looks really cool too. Um, but believe it or not, I really love Mr. Rhyme. Uh, the Galarian, uh, Rapidash and Ponyta are actually pretty cool, just a little too, um, feminine for my taste. Uh, Weezing super cool. I, I really do like Weezing with a massive top hat. Um, and then Sir Fetched. I'll let you know. I'll let Brian talk about that. But uh, Brandon, what was your favorite Galarian form in this generation? Um, honestly, man, we had some really good ones. Um, I'm looking at the birds right now, and oh, I could have chosen. Uh, I could have chosen. Okay, well, how about how about this? How about we do? We'll make it a subcategory. Exactly. Yeah. We'll do favorite Galarian <laughs> legendary, and then we'll yeah. I After this. Um, but honestly, dude, mine was uh Corsola. Corsola oh, yeah. and Corsola are so dope, like very good um, choice. Yeah, like it it's again like oh here's Brandon going into the real world of things. Um it, it's a you know a good notion to the fact that the coral reefs are dying. And yeah. um, you know, it's really cool. And then the Corsola, when you look at it, it's got like hit bones of a skeleton and then going up, it just it just looks so badass like it's extremely dark yeah it's yeah. <laughs> i love yeah. it i i love both of them very much no i i think they knocked out of the park with oh, that yeah. uh, form uh brian oh can you guess moment. which one it is it's, it's your um, moment to talk about far-fetched and surfetched for as yeah long as when i heard uh when the trailer or announcement came out for the far-fetched evolution like I like almost shed a tear. I couldn't believe it. Like finally this guy gets some freaking justice. And um, honestly, design wise, Surfetched is just okay. But I think just the fact that he got an evolution, I was so stoked and nothing was going to take that away from me. <laughs> and uh, Galarian Farfetched, I like too. He's just the same, just angry as shit. I love that. Yeah. He's a little bit more of, of a fighter. Yeah. Um, the thing that, redeem sir fetch for me besides being a fucking bird holding a sword and shield um was his shiny form it's you know he's gold and i i think it's really cool i think i gave you one you did i have one on my team um no i i i love so much that he got love uh in the original gold and silver i'd used to trade for him right yeah i think you can get him because his back sprite super fucking sick um deep cut right there for you was that Uh, red and blue or gold and silver um it's red or i'm sorry it's gold and silver because it was okay. uh colored and it looked a lot better i know it's not red and blue but you gotcha. can trade for him in the same house i think in both games um no i'm glad he got some love uh even zigzagoon you know and lanoon and uh obstagoon you know uh as the kiss you know they they look cool <laughs> as shit man yeah um, very sure. cool um definitely some better forms here than uh the alowan forms in my opinion like, yeah. I think they did an overall better job. Um, Were the Alolan forms all Kanto, weren't they? I thought. I'm pretty. Yes. Yeah. For, for the on. most part, but we, I mean, we kind of, I mean, honestly, looking at the list right now, we kind of got that here. I mean, Meow, Ponyta, Slowpoke. Oh, yeah. Farfetch, Wheezing, oh, Mr. Mime. Berserker. Berserker's yeah. tight as hell, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's I so had sick. him on my team. Yeah. Yeah. Hone claws with that bitch, and you're going to town. Sheesh. <laughs> dude there's some badass pokemon in this generation the pokedex yeah. was solid the uh the sword and shield pokedex i think is actually pretty good there's no ruxish you know a lot of good stuff um yeah so let's talk about the galarian birds 
Thank you, Brandon, for bringing him up. I almost completely forgot. Uh, so we got Zapdos, who is a fighting flying type. It's a Roadrunner. And then uh, Galarian Moltres, where it's a dark phoenix. Uh, just, you know, just imagine Moltres, but darker and more badass, in my opinion. And the Articuno, who... Uh, yeah. A psychic type? Psychic flying type now? Yeah. Um, yep. Well, we'll go over which one's our favorite. Um, I actually still stuck with uh, Moltres on this one. Uh, Zapdos is one of my favorites, but Moltres translated very well into this form. And not only does he look super badass, but like his unique move is cool as shit. Very, very fun to play with. Uh, I had him on my Crown Tundra playthrough. Uh, but, uh, you know, Brandon, looking at these three, which ones do you like the most? I mean, Zapdos was my favorite growing up because... I told everyone I was better than them because I chose Zapdos because he has okay. like the best typing against all the other birds. There's sure. a little, little bit of superiority when I was a kid. Uh, but honestly, um, I really like Galarian Articuno. It, it looks really cool. It reminds me of a Legiana from uh, Monster Hunter. And I like that kind of ethereal, like mystery wispiness of it. It's just really oh. sick. Yeah. And it's car and it's, it was portrayed in the TCG like, amazingly all its art looks really good so clearly yeah. Kuna for sure brian oh zapdos was my favorite of the canto bird so i thought for sure you know galarian i'm gonna love the roadrunner but i wasn't into the roadrunner i liked the dark moltres i thought it was a slick design and yeah i just thought it was a really cool design the typings i'm not huge at huge on on these birds but yeah, Moltres is cool. No, I'm kind of right there with you on the typings. Um, so one of the things we can talk about now, and this is like the things that kind of redeem the game for ourselves in our notes, I put it as the gym battles and stuff. But if there's anything else that comes to mind about the world, which I will get into, um, you're more than welcome to talk about it. And so basically like the things that um, made me really love the game and my experience was the playthrough itself, the characters that are in it, uh, and how it's a legit gym challenge and then the battles you have at excuse me at the stadiums uh actually felt like the show or what they show in the movies uh probably more than any other game yet uh in my opinion maybe besides, besides the uh gen 5 world tournament um there's also a cave the the ore cave where it's like a mining cave and stuff it, it's a very beautiful cave uh, I think the region itself is beautiful and pretty well done. Um, there's a lot of like variety to it, kind of like Gen 3 had with Hoenn. So it kind of just made me miss Hoenn at the same time. Um, but what did you guys think of like the gym battles and or the region itself? Like, is there anything, any uh, high marks for you guys as you were playing through it? Or is it just like your standard Pokemon experience? What did you think, Brian? Well, yeah, the gym battles and the battles in general, just the visuals, it makes it a lot more immersive, but those same 3D models make it harder. It's like the worlds look so good when you're battling and when you're in the gyms, the stadiums, you see all the people in there, that looks so great. And I just, if the Pokemon were a little bit better, it, it would have been fucking primo. But yeah, the visuals in this game, as far as locations, battles, I think all look incredible. Like, Old, I remember, isn't there one city where it's like in the forest and there's all this mushroom stuff and yes, the glowing yes. ones? That was a really pretty one. I remember that one. I couldn't tell you the name of it, but. Well, that's kind of like the thing about the game that uh, frustrated me as I played it 
not so much the pre-release and like the opinions we had before we got our hands on it, but it was funny. My opinion of the game, while I was happy to experience it, actually got worse because as you're playing through it, you're like, all these environments look beautiful and gorgeous. Some of the characters and their designs look great. And then, like you said, the stadiums, they're full of actual character models. And then the Rotom camera goes back to the battlefield and you just see these most monotonous looking Pokemon just standing there. Yeah. And it's like, damn, Brandon, if they just called in Capcom to be like, hey, can you just animate the Pokemon and we'll do everything else? Then this game would have been off the fucking charts because... yeah. Yeah, seeing these Pokemon just stand there and stare at each other got really frustrating when you see all the details that they actually did put into the game that could could defend that Pokedex cut argument. And then you see the rest of it and you're like, you guys are really stepping on your own foot here. And yeah. so that's why I get so like frustrated about it because it's like you went you went the distance and then you stopped. You're almost mm-hmm. there. Just let us press a button and the Pokemon has a different stance or has a like, let's say real quick, I know Brandon still has to go, but let's just say like your Pokemon are out in the battle, but there's an option in your, uh, when you're pressing on them in the, in the, the main menu or whatever you want to call it, Jesus, I need to turn that thing off, um, where you can have like the Pokemon be more passive, aggressive, maybe more of a threat. Like you can kind of change the mood of your Pokemon, maybe when they're in battle or depending on how they feel, like link some type of coding to the the way the Pokemon feels and like what mood they're in, whether they trust you or not as a trainer, cause you just caught them and like make that reflect in the Pokemon's animations when it's actually out of the ball. I don't know. Stuff like that. I just, we're almost there. Like it's what I'm not saying it's easy, but eh, they got enough money and people, they could fucking figure it out. But Brandon, what were your thoughts on like the region and then like the Pokemon battles, you know, with the stadium and whatnot, you're making That's a face. Pretty- what do you- yeah, I was going to say, please forgive my face, but I had a really excellent idea that I want to kind of bounce off you literally just saying that, you know, to have the option of animating them at your will. What if it was tied to their nature? That would be oh, really interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, that takes everything I says and said and makes it, you know, more possible. Yeah, dude, you're right. Like timid it means it's just kind of chilling, hanging out there, calm, literally just enjoying itself, ready to battle, have fun. And then there's docile, you know, there's just, there's hasty, you know, kind of a little skittish, you know, kind of looking around, maybe doing more like idle animations, like being ready for battle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's definitely like, could you imagine that a hasty primate? Okay. Like, dude, it's going to be like the fucking TV show where it's like ready to Mm -hmm. murder everyone with a stupid belt. Um, Yeah. There's, I just feel like it wouldn't take a lot. I know it's not easy. I'm not a developer, but like yeah they've had these natures since uh gen 2 gen 3 gen 3 yeah so yeah we still haven't figured it out apparently i mean they they Uh, have their utility as is like in terms of determining stats and everything like that but it you know based on that idea it'd be really cool to see like you know my favorite pokemon cyndaquil being timid in nature but also timid in nature with that same kind of mechanic if they were to ever implement it and it's like looking back at you for reassurance and like adding more personality to your Pokemon, like in the place you'll see them at the most, which is in battle. Yeah. Like let's, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to say like, that's it. Yeah. Like let's say there's a calm Cyndaquil and and then 
obviously the animation that we have, which is fucking stupid, but that nature and the way it would be built would make sense. It's flames aren't out. But then you catch a bashful fucking Cyndaquil and he's like fucking ready to go. Flames are out. Typhlosion's, you know, flames are out. Cause I don't know why that's not a thing. Cause it kind of makes the Pokemon look ugly in 3d, but uh, yeah, like it would also bring a lot of life to these Pokemon that are already there. Like, cause like Brian has said in the past and you know, I think you too, uh, Brandon, a lot of the Pokemon when they came to the 3d sprites, uh, they didn't translate well at all. Like they'd look like lifeless objects. And so, yeah, man, you, you tying that to the natures would be super bad. Yeah. Brandon's really over here doing it. That was pretty spot on um hire this man game freak yeah hire (laughs) this man right now oh please Uh, i need a better job (laughs) (laughs) we'll work on that uh did you still happen to enjoy like the stadium battles and and uh do they bring some excitement to you at all yes to the topic at hand (laughs) yeah definitely like um you know all my gripes about the game that i had like you know leading up to and actually playing it i was like this game sucks as i'm like still sitting there playing it at 11 o'clock at night um i really enjoyed the um you know, the gym battles, making it feel like you were as a sporting event, like everyone's in on it, like the whole whole region's in on it, like it's a big deal and you're actually making an impact. It was really cool to see. Um, we'll talk about it later, but I'm not really a huge fan of Dynamax. I wish it was a little bit more like centralized and toned down to like, you know, not overtly big Pokemon just being big. But again, we'll get to that. But I really enjoyed the gym battles this time around. Uh, the locations were beautiful. Brian, you mentioned the Mushroom Forest, which I still can't even put a pin in the name on that. But um, also the, the icy area was really cool. And a lot of the urban areas like looked really awesome as well. They had graffiti. They had, you know, toxic waste, which plays into like Galarian Weezing, Galarian Corsola. So overall, the region was very beautiful. And of course, the wild areas, um, you got a little bit of everything. So that was really cool as well. So, yeah, it's a good region. Just um, I like the wild area to an extent. I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about that. but That's literally the next thing we're going to talk about. I'm going to move some things around. Uh, We're going to talk about the wild area, then Dynamax and Gigantamax. And then we'll talk about the expansions. Well, I'm sorry. Then we'll talk about the Raid Dens expansions. And then Dynamax Adventures, and then we'll close it out with TCG and a couple other things I gotta ask you guys. So uh yeah, the wild area. Uh love it a lot, like a shit ton. However, the performance in this area is god fucking awful. I'm pretty sure the game drops to 15 to 20 frames a second. And almost everyone listening to this has played the game. That's basically when your game becomes so choppy, it's like, is it lagging? Is it freezing? Well, that's actually the frame rate dropping because the console can't handle or they didn't design the game well enough to handle the open area. That's what bothers me about it is like it's open, but there's really not that much going on for them to not have figured out a better way to uh, have better performance of that game. And then it's fucking so Isle of Armor is nothing but like a wild area. And that game, that whole entire island has a performance issue and then Crown Tundra, too. So I'm really glad that Game Freak didn't want to figure that out. But the wild area and raid dens, uh, you know, what did you guys think about it? Uh, Brandon, go ahead. You know, like I said, I like the wild area, despite like the performance issues, getting a little bit of every kind of biome in a relatively centralized locale was really cool. And it it opened up some some good team building um, opportunities during the playthrough. 
uh, found two of my 100%, not 100%, not IVs, but, um, you know, legit, no shiny charm shinies. And they were both Ribombi and... Um, and that's Brandon's dog. What is she doing? Is she having nightmares or something? What's the dog doing? Dude, that dog is right. <laughs> what the dog do? She's dreaming. Wow. She's fucking somebody <laughs> up in her dream. Dude, she's she's in her own Pokemon battle right now. It's my little hound doom. Yeah, there you go. Oh god, her eyes are like rolling backwards. This is weird. Okay. Um <laughs> okay. wait, turn your camera to her. I'm gonna see this. Oh, that's funny. Um geez, she is out on his bed. That's awesome. She's like um, the, the whites of her eyes. This is so creepy. <laughs> She's uh, uh so yeah, you got a couple shinies without the shiny charm and without yeah. um I mean that's the only way to do it. Uh without hatching yeah. eggs. Um yeah, I mean you have oh, oh sorry. Well, no, did you happen to notice a gen two Easter egg in the wild area? Tell Lake me more. of outrage is the top left corner that you last unlocked. Oh, wow. That's what it's called. Yeah, because the wild area for people listening has little names to everything and Lake of Outrage is at the top and I was really sad there wasn't a red Gyarados there just to give us the whole treatment. Oh my god, could you... Oh man. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. You know, like Pokemon Go is already releasing Magikarps like it's nothing. Just give us the red Gyarados in the game. Pokemon Go broke shinies, but... Yeah, but could you imagine like there's a red Gyarados at the Lake of Outrage and Lance is there to be like, oh, something, something before, like I've this has been something I've experienced. Like, I don't know. They could have. Wow. That would have been really easy fan service. What were they thinking? It could have been. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like, oh, is it Team Yell or is it Team Rockets back? No, my God. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I didn't even notice that. That's fucking sick. <laughs> well, there you go. There's a fun fact for you guys. Uh, Brian. I love the wild oh, area now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Love it. <laughs> uh, Brian, what did you think of the wild area and like the raid dens? Did you enjoy the experience? Well, the wild area is okay. I mean, it's fun exploring here and there. Graphically, it looks all right. And yeah, all the frame dips and all that's pretty rough. But I have soft spots in it. I did find one of my only full-on shiny. And that was, I think I was only in the wild area for like five minutes before I found a shiny. And it was a wingle. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not like I'm ever going to do anything with it. It's just sitting <laughs> in the PC because it's a wingle. Yeah. Uh, and literally it's just green instead of blue on the yeah. wings. But I remember freaking out because it popped up on the screen. I was like, is that a shiny? And it's such a subtle shiny that you can't really tell. So I'm like, is it a shiny? And then the sparkled it. I'm like, oh, I was all excited. But Poor yeah, it's, it's okay. It's it's a step in the right direction, I want to say. Doing something like that is interesting and cool, but the, I'm not really into the, oh, we're going to talk about the raid dens. It's just okay. Wild area. There was something about the raid dens, and we were all skeptical about it because the raids from Pokemon Go, like we didn't want it to be like that entirely, and it technically isn't. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time, probably 50 hours in raid dens. Oh, wow. uh, mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun catching the Gigantamaxes and shiny hunting. Now it's actually how I got two uh, shiny Dragapults. Uh, very, very fun times in there. Uh, it was just also fun for the cooperative experience. So like everyone was on board with yeah. like, let's knock this out as fast as possible. Let's try to get the shinies. And so it was like a fun community experience that unfortunately you had to find the community uh, outside of the game. Cause also game freak and Nintendo don't know what it's like to have good social features in their games, yeah. but uh, it was still a fun experience. Uh, the next thing I want to talk to you guys about um 
there's something else I added in the notes, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, let's move on to Dynamaxing and Gigantamax. Um, the reveal trailer for this showed uh, Chunkachu and I believe Meowth and then also Charizard. Long cat. Uh, it, it definitely left me cautiously <laughs> optimistic, but I wanted to ask you guys, you know, what were your thoughts of this? And then what is your favorite Gigantamax form, actually? So, uh, uh, Brandon, go ahead. Unless you need more time, you look like you're just double checking. Um, I am double checking uh, the Gigantamax form specifically to see my favorite one. I think I have it. I think I got it. However, um, like honestly, the mechanic I, itself, what did you think? Like the mechanic itself, I wasn't really a huge fan of. Like, I can't top Mega Evolution, which all that's the hill I'll die on, actually, is that Mega Evolution, and Mega Evolution is the best. That's good um, <laughs> plenty of room up here. You should come up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but in terms of Dynamax or Dynamax and Gigantamax in a whole, like, I wasn't a fan of it. It's just like this Pokemon, but big. Of course, Gigantamax, you get different forms, which I thought was really rad. But I mean, it's just got these big stadiums just for big Pokemon. Um, I know it's like a really bad argument, but I just, I just, I don't know. I kind of want to keep it simple. Like playing Brilliant Diamond, I'm like, simplicity, it's great, you know? And um, these big flashy things, it's like these big flashy things probably took up a lot of the resources to actually make a decently performing and great game and i don't know but with that being said i really like uh gigantamax blastoise <laughs> he's pretty sick That's a good even one. though venusaur is extremely basic i like him i of course will be choosing charizard yet again so shout oh. out to eric the casual wow, gamer he i was really wondering who he holy was. shit yeah that came out of left field dude what hey man <laughs> you know his form looks pretty sick it, not that he needed it, but it looks cool. It's pretty cool. Um, however, as I look back at it, though, and, you know, um, with our conversations with X and Y going over that generation again and re-experiencing uh, Mega Evolutions, yeah, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking with this. Like, Mega Evolutions is definitely where it's at. If you're going to have this type of gimmick, you got to go Mega Evolutions. It felt more authentic, and it felt... Uh, more enjoyable to the you know the experience like you said you can only dynamax in stadiums or in raid dens or online battles and they just stand there and look like giant blobs like i i, I was on board with the idea of gi- giant pokemon at first and i i did enjoy my experience uh gigantamaxing but it definitely didn't pay off very well in my opinion and i hope it never comes back it's cool i like the idea of a one-off experience but if anything ever is going to come back, it needs to be Mega uh, Evolutions. But, you know, Brian, what were your thoughts on uh, Dynamaxing and Gigantamax? And what it's was your favorite Because Gigantamaxing and Mega Evolutions are both temporary. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you would think that I would like one or the other, but I don't know. One is so much lamer. I do not like Gigantamaxing, but Mega Evolutions cool. Like, why? They're both temporary, but a lot of the designs are just weird and I don't want giant big Pokemon, but it's just not an interesting concept. The big chunk of chew is pretty cool though. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. And I like, the, I do like the Gigantamax Dreadnought. I wish his shiny looked a little bit more like Bowser. That'd be cool. That would have made so much sense, but that didn't happen. Otherwise, this is a feature that I can live without. Word. Um, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, I think a lot of people 
you know, that are listening or people who played the game probably feel the same way. Uh, when you look back at Nick evolution, you know, in hindsight, it's like, yeah, it's a cool idea, but mm, definitely didn't need it. Uh, I want to talk about the expansions with you guys. Um, kind of just wrap it up on the, the games themselves. Uh, what were your thoughts on the expansions? You know, Isle of Armor is a island where they added more of the Pokedex, like another almost 200, I think. You get to grab Urshifu, and if you really want to go for the, for the full role-playing experience, Urshifu, or I'm sorry, um, uh, Kubfu uh, will be the only one on your team, and then you get Urshifu if you choose a certain tower, so it'll be a dark fighting type or water fighting type for rapid strike or single strike. Um, you got some um, legendaries, I think, in there? No, you don't. Um, <laughs> nope, no, you don't. Uh, Do I? No. <laughs> looking back at Isle of Armor, besides seeing another lifeless animation of Whale Lord in the ocean, uh, which finally looks to his size for once, um, Isle of Armor, I'm glad it was only technically like 10 bucks if you were to buy the expansion pass. Uh, it provided like a two and a half, maybe three hour, like quote unquote story experience. But uh, honestly, looking back at it, it was kind of wasteful and stupid like that should have been the post game in my, in my opinion uh then i'd be very happy with my experience but the fact that i had to pay for that didn't feel right because the game didn't feel complete when it was done necessarily it did feel like there's a little bit more and some games it works some games it doesn't uh and crown tundra i i actually like crown tundra a lot but it's still like i don't know if it's like game freaks writing or not but like I was kind of like, why the fuck am I here? Because like Calrex sucks. He's not even that cool. And like Groudon can like beat his ass in a heartbeat or any other Pokemon that you can find on that island. It's just, I don't know. It just was kind of whatever. Uh, and then the Dynamax Adventures, which we'll throw into this conversation right now. Uh, it was a cool idea, but you can't even play it with friends. Uh, there's no way for you to like create a lobby for friends. So you guys can keep rolling through them together. Um, you have to play with randoms. And for those who don't know, this is a, a Dynamax adventure, right? But you choose rental Pokemon at the beginning. So if you're playing with, you know, I'm assuming younger people in the world, newer Pokemon fans are just idiots. Um, if someone doesn't know typing, which they show you the types of legendary at the top, and then it kind of like bring the screen down. Uh, if people don't know their typing and know how to battle, then this is the worst experience ever. Because with you know it's just like a regular Dynamax uh, fight with three feints, you guys are out. So some lobbies I didn't even make it to the legendary, and then a lot of them I do. But and then people didn't know how to fight the legendaries, or they swapped Pokemon when they shouldn't have, and then we would lose the um, uh, the adventure. So it kind of sucked. The only saving grace of the adventure, besides getting some cool Pokemon like all the legendaries, uh, with a shiny charm. And if you catch all four Pokemon that you fight on your adventure, you have a one in 25 chance of getting a shiny. So it's also a really good way to shiny farm. But uh, yeah, the expansions and Dynamax adventures, uh, Brian, how'd you feel about both the expansions? I actually did not mind the expansions. I think I had a good time and I got my money to worth. I would much rather have a DLC than a third version down the line, get Pokemon gun to get these features, you know? <laughs> I would not want that. So I was I was happy they went with the DLC route, even though, like you said, it should have been post-game. But I would like DLC better than a third game, and I had my fun with it. I actually, Dynamax Adventure made me complete a Pokedex for the first time 
and like probably since I was a kid because I wanted the shiny charm, even though it's just the regional decks and it's only like what 400 I think it was, which isn't that hard. But um, yeah, yeah, I remember one night I stayed up all night trying to complete my deck so I can get that shiny charm and I did the Dynamax and I think on my first Dynamax adventure I got a shiny. I think it was a Vicavolt and I was happy with that. So that felt rewarding. And then Crown Tundra was really pretty. I liked the all doing all the Reggie stuff, even though I didn't finish it, but <laughs> I enjoyed it though. It was fun. Not sure how I feel about the new Reggies in particular, but just like the whole area and the atmosphere and like how it looks. It, it's beautiful area. I yeah. fuck Urshifu though. <laughs> Damn. Uh, no uh you make a really good point though i'm really glad i didn't waste another 60 bucks on making a third game just to add this content and a slightly different adventure so yeah i'm right there with you because once again like ultra sun and moon are the bane of my existence so when you put it like that yeah like the isle of armor i mean the isle of armor is cool like i got my money out of it and then crown tundra i really do enjoy i just felt like walking away with it narratively yeah there's nothing to it but I probably shouldn't be going to Pokemon for its narrative because you have to go to YouTube to find all the cool lore anyways. But uh, Brandon, you know, what were your thoughts on, uh, you know, Isle of Armor, the expansion you did play, and then obviously your impressions from Crown Tundra from what you saw? Um, well, doing just Isle of Armor, um, you know, I bought the whole expansion pass. Uh, that's all I really got to was Isle of Armor. And um, I feel like I really missed out on Crown Tundra uh isle of armor i just completed like recently i think a couple months ago um i really liked the uh galarian slowpoke little mini game that was kind of yeah. fun uh, um cool. yeah but i mean it feels like 10 bucks to go through a very small story and um you know uh, i just want to say <laughs> uh <laughs> mr mustard's wife is a baddie um oh yeah what's her name honey oh that's right something like that yeah <laughs> honey mustard I was like, wait, this is his wife? Honey mustard. Hey, man, she's a baddie. Damn, sweet. Like honey mustard. Anyways. She um, got a floor trainer card or what? I wish. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I really missed out on Crown Tundra, though. It's like the main expansion to talk about. Um, you know, seeing the Galarian forms of legendaries, the Galarian Regis. Um, I really wish I, I... I will go back and revisit it at some point in my gaming career, but I don't know about anytime soon, but... Um, I'd really like to get the Galarian birds, put them on my team, maybe mess around with those a little bit. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, if anybody is listening and they, you know, haven't played Crown Tundra yet, um, let's do it at the same time, dude. Let's all play it if you are sitting on it like I am, which I highly doubt, but um, it's worth a shot and I'm going to probably give it a shot. So, but I mean, another thing too is, is I'm glad it was a $30 expansion pass, like you guys said, rather than a, pokemon gun yeah you know i was thinking about it while you were talking uh brian my first shiny out of the dynamax adventures was jolteon so definitely definitely That's a right. good start i remember um, you telling me it's cool uh yeah brandon i you know like ignore anything like negative i would have to say about it i still think it's an extremely awesome experience especially since you already own it I would still go through it before Legends Arceus. I mean, it's probably only going to take you like three or four hours to experience what you'd want. Because uh, like Brian said, it, it is a very beautiful play area because I'm thinking about a couple things Calrex has you do. So it definitely makes you explore the region or the, the island, whatever, they, whatever, whatever it is. Um, 
And then if you do the Reggie's, you experience even more of the island that you probably wouldn't even find just walking around. Plus, every Pokemon is part of that cut Pokedex. So you see like Nidokine walking around, Metagross, Salamence. I mean, there's a ton of powerful Pokemon that you can find there. And just, you know, you can see them awkwardly flying or walking around. Um, and then, yeah. And then the Dynamax Adventures, you, I think you, not exclusively, but you mainly use Pokemon, rental Pokemon that were cut also from the Pokedex. Like I, I did a playthrough with uh, War Turtle, Charmeleon, and then um, Grovile. Yeah, Grovile was a fun one. So yeah, you can use, you will have the option to use Pokemon that you probably don't even have in your Pokedex or on your team. So I, I do recommend you play through it. Yeah. 100%. I actually really like the idea of rental Pokemon for that experience too, because that way it'll kind of let those randoms like you talked about, or people who are more inexperienced, like get a chance to play with these Pokemon and, um, you know, get something that's a little bit more optimized for the um, excursion, which is um, Max Adventures. Oh, yeah, I think it's Dynamax Adventures. I think Dynamax it's, Adventures. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That sounds really cool. Yeah, we're going to move on to TCG. If anyone's uh, got anything else to talk about the games, I just basically want to talk about Pokemon Celebrations because I haven't done it yet in an episode. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about the games before we move on to the last few topics? I think we touched on the most important stuff to us. Can't think of anything. No, I think I'm good. Brandon has something. He's... Oh, I think I have some too, actually. Oh, my God. Yamper is a Welsh Corgi, just like how Queen Elizabeth has Welsh Corgis. I like legit really like Yamper, and then it evolved, and I'm like, I hate this thing. Dude, after seeing Bolton in the TCG, like he looks really sick and actually really? made me really like him as a Pokemon, yeah. I like dogs. I still hate them. You like dags? You like dags? Uh, you said you had something, Brian? Or yeah, we didn't that? talk about that big poison legendary that you fight at the end of the main story. What was the name of that one? What was your guys' opinion on that? You mean the dragon type in Eternatus? Yeah, yeah. What did you guys think about Eternatus? Stupid. You don't like it? I actually don't mind Eternatus. I fucking hate it. Why? All the teasing about the space chicken, the fucking map, the region has a whole hill dedicated to a space chicken, and that's what we get. And then his Gigantamax was... form was like a UFO with like tentacles coming out, like War of the Worlds. Uh no. I like it. <laughs> I thought that was supposed to be um Dynamax um, or Gigantamax Toxtricity. Yes. Yeah. Is it? Yes. I think so, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Excuse me. Uh, I think Eternus is like okay. I, I I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, so I want to talk about Pokemon Celebrations uh, with you guys real quick because I think it's very cool and it's one of the reasons why we're sitting here anyways. To celebrate the 25th anniversary of Pokemon, they released a set called Pokemon Celebrations which had 25 new cards that have never been released and then 25 classic cards, such as the base set trio, Charizard, Blastoise, Venusaur, Shining Magikarp, Birthday Pikachu, Gold Star Umbreon, and a few others out there. Uh, I've opened up almost every single card from the set. I've also bought every single product that you can buy from the expansion. And then Brandon's opened it up a little bit. But I just personally want to say, in my opinion, I think it's one of the best sets ever released. Uh, it hits you right where in the right in the heart of nostalgia. But they're all textured. All the classic cards you can pull are textured. And I'm a sucker for textured cards. So pulling a base set Charizard that's textured is fucking super badass. Um, 
Well, yeah, when it comes to the TCG of this generation, uh, because of everything going on last year, uh, scalpers and uh, YouTube lovers and um, people who think that they should invest in regular sets uh, scalped everything. And it was really hard to collect. Uh, Shining Fates was cool, but uh, it's kind of whatever at the same time. Uh, but Brandon, what did you think of like celebrations and uh, how, did it, how did it make you feel like opening a couple of boxes of ETBs and then other stuff? really like celebrations it was the perfect um little hint of how you said right in the right in the heart right in the feels uh getting the history of pokemon you know that we've all experienced like seeing those old cards again like i pulled a like our team rocket zapdos that was textured and it looked so sick and um seeing new pokemon like dragapult and uh zacian getting level x's and primes it was a really cool mashup, and I like how it's a small, very tame, contained set. Because, um, you know, the small completionist in me is like, I want to get all these cards, and thank God it's not a 300-card set. Really like that. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, it's just a joy to open. Like, I haven't opened up nearly as, as much as you, Ryan, which is impressive. Um, but the little bit I have, it's, it's, it's been an absolute joy. So, yeah, I think it was a great... It was a great year for TCG, you know, of course, uh, for going all the things about, you know, scalpers and the pandemic and everything like that. Uh, it's made collecting extremely difficult uh, this year. But, um, you know, even the mainline sets getting, um, you know, Vivid Voltage was a huge hit, was a huge hit, excuse me. Um, I really liked Evolving Skies. That was probably one of my favorites, seeing all the evolutions and um getting really badass salamence hollow rare that was really fun um and making a deck around that that was that was cool and then the alternate arts um, oh, you know rayquaza and yeah. all the other alternate arts uh yeah so basically i just want to talk about it because it was it was just crazy to open up the celebrations pack and whether it's blastoise venus or charizard i mean even gold star umbreon a card i would never even owned having a reaction the way I did towards that for anyone listening. If you haven't opened it, go check it out. Um, it literally made me feel like back in the day, like nothing in Pokemon has done that, not even evolutions. So it's, it's pretty insane to think about and hell Brandon, they even gave your boy a uh, Greninja gold star. If you buy a elite nice. trainer box, you get a free <laughs> gold star Greninja, which I didn't care for at first, but when you really, really like keep looking at it, it's a badass. Um, it's a really badass card, but Brian, I know you haven't had any uh, opportunities to open it, but like just seeing the cards and you know, like what I've sent you guys, like, you know, what, what did you think of the set? And like, does it make you want to open it or? Oh yeah. I'm going to at least buy a elite trainer box somewhere down the line. I just have not yet. I've seen all the cards in the set and they look beautiful. I've seen other YouTubers and stuff open it because I think it looks hype. It looks cool as shit. There's so many cards in that set that I have nostalgia for. I just know when I open that pack, and like I see a card from like my childhood, I'm gonna want to buy another elite trainer box. I already know that's how I am. I think that's why I haven't done it yet, but I am gonna do it. There's just so many damn that shining magic carp. Oh. Well, all of them in the set are fucking gorgeous. It's such a cool set that they did, and I'm glad they didn't overdo it, like you guys said, and make it so huge. Yeah, just wait till you see it in person. It's insane. You didn't uh, gigantamax it. Oh, <laughs> We'll do um. We'll do uh Pokemon Diamond and Pearl another time. 
I do want to give our review. So someone needs to catch up or both of you need to finish it. Um, so I want to do our review before legends RCS comes out kind of like we did okay. for diamond and pearl. Um, you know, the Sunday moon episode came out literally the same week as diamond and pearl. So mark your calendars for that. But our last thing today, there is no trivia. I do want to leave it on one thing. It's kind of, you may not have something, but if you do, it's cool. What is your guys's game of the year? It doesn't have to be Pokemon. It's not Pokemon. <laughs> it, I know it's off the cuff, but we've played a lot of different games this year. I'm going to look at I my think, games over here. I have this little stack. I think a few of them have really stuck with us. So I kind of want to see what people, what you guys thought. Um, um, All right. I'll be asking Alex to on the next one. I'm but, a... It's a, it's a tough one. There's been a lot of, there's a good variety of titles out there this year. And, you know, with Xbox alone, you have Microsoft Flight Simulator, Forza, Halo, um, a couple of those I can't think of right now. It's my my brain's drawn a blank. I got to say it was the GTA Definitive Edition. That was oh, mine. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. It was so great, guys. God damn. Wasn't that like a colossal failure? Like, oh, I'm going to wait and see if they can even salvage it, which I hope they can because I do want to play them on the Switch, but I refuse to buy it if they're that broken. You know what I mean? Yeah, I played San Andreas because it's free on the game, Xbox Game Pass. And yeah. Is it bad as they say? Yeah, it's bad. I don't know what, I don't think they're going to be able to fix it. It just damn, doesn't, the games just don't age well as well. You know, like they are really rough around the yeah. edges. Um, uh, I'll be talking about it with Alex, but yeah, my game of the year is 100% Halo. I've waited oh, yeah. six years for this moment. Um, like I said, already over 100 hours on it. But um, even with all the other amazing releases, I actually do want to throw. Oh, shit. <gasps> Drop my phone out there. That probably you literally throw your phone. <laughs> I literally threw my phone. On it. it dropped. But uh, I do want to say that Diamond and Pearl is actually right up there. Uh, the game I had minimalist expectations for it and that game really blew me away oh, man. Um, yeah i think i have like 45 to 50 hours on it so it's been a slog yeah. for me to play and i know you need to finish it oh, yeah i know what mine is uh I know so brian mine, dude. oh you're you're starting to lag a little bit but we'll give it some time uh you hear me? yeah yeah we'll give it a second um brandon what was your game of the year for 2021 um i'm gonna have to agree with you dude i think halo infinite is definitely my game of the year uh, i didn't play a whole lot of new games resident okay, resident evil 8 is kind of up there but in terms of, like i haven't had the urge to beat it can't really say it's my favorite but it's it's up there but it's definitely halo infinite at the top the multiplayer is the smoothest launch of any game that i've seen in a very long time so that was a joy to see you know in comparison to things like battlefield and call of duty um, the campaign was great. It, you know, Ryan, we've talked about it. It's implemented a lot of things that seemed a little alien for the uh, Halo world in the sandbox. And I think they nailed it. And uh, I think the same about Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Like we were trash, we were trashing on these remakes pretty hard, and then like we actually got it into our hands. And I was like, oh shit, this is what Pokemon needs is to be simplistic again. So yeah, those two are definitely. Uh, top games of the year yeah like i said we'll definitely be doing a review of pokemon diamond pearl because i think it's one that we need to have an episode that we need to have um 
for many conversations that we've had off the, off the mic, but uh, Brian, what would be your game of the year this year? Oh, mine would be Metroid Dread. I really tried to think of other games I played this year and think if there was something else I like better than Dread, but no, I had so much damn fun with it and I'm still having fun with it. I still play it constantly and I'm enjoying it a shit ton. So another game I really enjoyed, which is a small indie game called Turnip Boy commits tax evasion, (laughs) which is a game I bought because it sounded funny. And it's like a 2D Zelda. It's like a 2D Zelda with jokes, and I adore it. I I really, really enjoy that game. So those are going to be my two. There's a a massive Zelda-like release coming out in May, or I'm sorry, March or May, and it's called Tunic. It is a basically like Link's Awakening or whatever whatever game they just redid with graphics or whatever, but you play as a wolf, and uh, it's basically Zelda, but a wolf character. Uh, I mean, literally, Sword and Shield is in his hand and everything. Um, even looks just like Zelda. But uh, how you're still playing Metroid Dread is beyond me. But I, that game. I, I yeah. have no interest in like being negative about that. I think that's amazing. You know, fans have been waiting for that game for so damn long, and it does seem like the general consensus around that game is, thank God, it's just good. And that's pretty much how I feel about Halo Infinite. It has its shortcomings, but the fact that it released a uh, multiplayer release a month early. The fact that the campaign actually launched and has a full-fledged story that definitely is meant to continue on. Um, you know, I think Metroid Dread's kind of like that too, you know, especially with its ending. So, yeah. you know, I think it's fantastic for f- uh, fans of those two franchises to just finally get a solid release. That's all anyone's ever been asking for, and we finally got it. Now we need Metroid Prime 4, whatever Dread, whatever Dread 2 is or whatever they want to do with that. I just think there's a lot to build up on in the Metroid universe, and I can't wait to see what they do. God, I hope Metroid Prime 4 comes out soon. I, I want to play it so bad. I think, but, they, um, I think they stopped production on Prime 4 once they realized 4 wasn't a prime number. <sighs> God damn oh, it. Son <laughs> of a bitch. Anyways, yeah. So that's uh, 25 years of Pokemon narrowed into eight fucking episodes. I cannot believe we actually did something like this. It wasn't something that we planned obviously you know we forgot the 25th anniversary was even happening until this year um i think this was fucking fun and amazing uh i can't wait to do the anniversary episodes next year i haven't even talked to you guys about it yet but mortal kombat's 30th anniversary is next year so obviously we have to go through all of those i'm just kidding i'll do that with will but um yeah (laughs) any anyone who wants to be on those can be on those but uh, that's the plan next year is to celebrate Mortal Kombat. But seriously, guys, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for everyone for listening. Be sure to check out Brian on another vinyl page and Brandon on Brandon. And I think that's it. That's all we got today. Uh, I think uh, everyone should appreciate our, uh, hopefully appreciate our uh, generation episodes. They've been ridiculous. And yeah, you can tell where the franchise started to uh, dip a little bit, but it's been fun. Legends RCS is almost here. Keep an eye out for our Pokemon Diamond and Pearl review. And that's it. So we will uh, see you guys next week for a Halo Infinite spoiler cast with Alex. So that's it, guys. Bye. 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 Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Fucking happy holidays. Dude, I totally forgot. Yeah. It's Christmas this week. It's cool. I got you.